Hey, folks, it's Adam Summer. This week on the Heartland Pod, I have an opening statement about the reality that we've got to stay vigilant on. And then Rachel Parker and Sean Diller join me for a talk in politics. We're going to dive back into the ramifications of the Dobbs case that leaked this past week and sort of the whole package around that. There's a ton to unpack, lots to do. So here we go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. Again, my name is Adam Summer. I am your host. Thank you all for joining us. We are very glad to have you with us. Find us on the social medias with the Heartland Pod, pretty much anywhere you you get social media these days. There's probably some social media that I have no idea exists, so we may not be there, but certainly Facebook and uh, Instagram and, of course, Twitter. Uh, Love the Twitter. I tell you what, this past week, because I needed to see the videos, Jess Piper uh, we, we, I took some pictures, and uh, they they have made the rounds. Let me tell you what, very brave uh, young woman who sat by herself uh, with uh, an abortionist health care sign, and two days later, over 100 folks showed up in the same spot. Uh, those those pictures have made the rounds. They've made it to TikTok with Jess Piper, and I wanted to see it. Um, and so I made a TikTok account for the Heartland Pod. We haven't done anything yet. Uh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Jess is very good at that. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, uh, find us on the social medias. Uh, email us anytime you want to, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. If you want to help us book a guest or if you want to be a guest or if you've got questions and want some information, we'd be happy to hear from you. You can also find links to our shows and a link to sign up for our Patreon over there at theheartlandpod.com. Uh, the link is in the show notes over there. And uh, if you, you know, just a brief spiel on that with the Patreon stuff, um, you know, we put out the vast majority of what we do for free. Um, and all of this is is done in our spare time. Uh, and, you know, we're just trying to help. We're trying to change the conversation and and make things better, uh, not just in Missouri, but, but broader. Um, and, and, you know, just try to talk about politics from the inside out. We hear a ton from the coasts and we don't hear a ton from what's going on in the middle of the country and, and about not just from, but about the middle of the country and what it means for folks in Missouri, in Illinois, in Iowa, in Arkansas, in Tennessee, right? Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska. Those are the folks that we kind of concentrate on and, you know, periphery there as well. Uh, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change that conversation here in the heartland because, you know, I, I we hear that saying about blue dots in red states, and the reality is, it's it's there's so much more than blue dots in a red state. There's more to it than that. It's really a, a much broader coalition of folks than just some some spots here and there. It's just that it's tough to talk about it. Uh, it's tough to have that conversation when. Uh, it seems like everything around you is having a different conversation. So we're here to have that conversation to help you have that conversation as well. And to do that, we've got lots of shows for you Monday through Friday every week. This past week, we had extra shows. We had a Saturday show this past week. Uh, but we've got a ton of stuff for you. Check us out. Uh, everything comes from one feed. So if you go to your wherever you're listening to this and subscribe, if you're listening to it like on Facebook or something like that or on a desktop, uh, you might consider using an app like Google Play or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or there's other stuff out there, but those are kind of the main ones. Uh, you might consider subscribing there, rating us five stars. Uh, it's really helpful. As we climb up the chart, we, we find ourselves uh, flirting in the top 30 of podcasts on Apple's government section. 
And uh, that's great because there's there's some real stuff there that we're flirting with, uh, you know, being as highly ranked as or passing. And, and that's all because of you folks. That has, that's not us. That's you. Uh, listening, spreading the word, telling your friends, giving us ratings. Uh, really, that's, you know, we could we could talk into a microphone and record it and, and uh, you know, put it out on the Internet. But if, if nobody's listening to it, then, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. So thank you all very much for listening. And uh, let's get to the opening statement and then to talk in politics. With the likelihood of the Dobbs opinion coming down in a way that will throw all ideas of what we think we know about abortion law completely out the window and probably cause chaos, folks have got to keep their eye on the prize because, yes, abortion is the issue of this case in a sense, but it is more than that. We talked about it some last week when Lindsay was on the show, when Lindsay Simmons was on the show, uh, that it's broader than just that issue. And I think we have to acknowledge that reality. We can look at it through the lens of the issue of abortion, which is an important issue, and it is a, a, a medical, personal issue, and it has to be framed that way. But there is more than that. The way the 14th Amendment operates, the way it takes those personal rights, those liberty interests, and it gives us those through the 14th Amendment, working with the 9th Amendment and the rest of, uh, of the Constitution for that matter, that's on the table right now. And that is a very big deal. It's a very big deal. And so if you're listening to this show, you're probably fairly active politically. You probably pay attention more than a lot of folks. That's why you spend the time listening to a podcast that's about politics from a regional perspective. And you can lead that conversation. It's when we talk about changing the conversation, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about folks like you. When you go out and have that conversation with the people around you, being able to frame it as more than just one thing, being able to frame it as personal privacy, personal privacy. It's something so simple, right? Something as simple as, Okay, well, their reasoning is the Constitution doesn't mention abortion. Well, the Constitution doesn't mention your car either. The Constitution doesn't say that you in your car are free from search and seizure. They didn't have cars. They didn't list it then. The medical procedures for abortion aren't the same now as they were then. They didn't put it in the Constitution. Also, women aren't really in the Constitution for that matter. Also, when you're talking about African Americans... They were kind of in the Constitution to be counted as property and not even as a whole person. So if we want to talk about what was and wasn't included in the Constitution, let's have that discussion. And let's talk about that very simple word of liberty. Justice Alito says that liberty is a capricious term. But the same folks who want to agree with that, they also want to make school kids stand up, put their hand over their heart, face the flag, and repeat the words, liberty and justice for all. If we're going to have liberty and justice for all, it has to be real. We have to mean those words because liberty can't just be for a subset. Liberty can't be based on one particular ideology. Liberty can't be limited in ways that create second-class citizens of an entire group of folks based solely on their sex. It is absolutely ridiculous and is completely 
the opposite of the point of that document, the Constitution, of the Bill of Rights, and of what the 14th Amendment was put in place to guarantee. Now here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. All right, we're here for Talking Politics. I've got Rachel Parker, I've got Sean Diller, and we've got a slate of topics for you here. Uh, Obviously, I think it goes without saying, it was a hell of a week uh, for everybody. Lots to unpack, lots of stuff to talk about, but life, you know, life still happened, life still went on, uh, and uh, good stuff still happened. We got to get out and uh, take my seven-year-old to his first ever concert of his life, uh, other than he's been to like some university stuff here locally, but uh, went to a rock show at the new Ozark Amphitheater, which is pretty cool, and uh, got to catch Breaking Benjamin, which is uh, one of his favorite bands, and part of his namesake, uh, Benjamin Burnley and Benjamin Folds formed his <laughs> his original naming. So yeah, he must uh, yeah. have been just uh, oh, through the nuts. yeah through the roof. Yeah. It was it was it was crazy. We had really cool seats, and then it was just too much for him. So we moved way back to the grass, and he just danced around and rocked out and sang and had a great time. So it was it was really cool. Uh, so that was last night. We're recording on Sunday. So got back super late um but it was it was great and this is mother's day and we did some mother's day stuff and now we're recording so uh sean how about you man how's uh how's the week and how you doing what's sipping on yeah. by the way I've, I've actually got a log boat to handle for this for this oh, beautiful nice. pod nice little afternoon yeah i guess log it's an hour trip. later there yeah um no things are going well things are going well i it's just been a blur today. Michelle's working. So it's Sunday. Michelle works every other Sunday. She's worked like three Mother's Days in a row, it seems like. Uh, <laughs> just kind of a bummer. Um, last year, I went and met her. Like I brought Callie and we like had lunch in the park next to the hospital, um, which was great. And the geese were like chasing around my two-year-old and like uh, she was alternatingly like crying and elated. <laughs> um, but yeah, As this year we have right. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a six month old in addition to Kelly this year. So I've just been like trying to keep up with them. And, uh, but yeah, surviving, we did some Play-Doh, um, a lot of spit up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got, I'm working on my second pot of coffee and uh, a nice tall <laughs> nice. tumbler of, uh, nice. Costco. Nice. Play-Doh is one of those great kid activities that feels like you're going to eat up a bunch of time, but really you spend about as much time setting it up and and putting it away she is... ditched it after like yeah, <laughs> yeah 10 minutes quick. today yeah yeah, yeah. i was kind yeah. of yeah <laughs> how about you? How, you how you doing there what's sipping on i'm good we um you know like you said like you you know this is one of those weeks where you're like well i have one choice i really like two choices i can um lay down and stay yeah. there or i can get up and do the things that keep me functioning so that I can help other people function too. Yep. Um, which involved my uh, neighbor and pal Andy coming over uh, and drinking way too much. There you go. <laughs> last night, which was really fun because uh, it felt like a super normal thing to do, the kind of thing we used to do uh, as regular human beings pre COVID. So that was great. And um, just loving the springtime. I'm so happy that if yeah. like if all this stuff had to happen, at least oh my god at least it wasn't in the middle of february holy right. shit um and i am uh because of last night's antics i didn't go that nuts i just had a bunch of beer um i am uh i'm sipping on uh water out of the flask it looks like i'm not drinking water so Beautiful. yeah it is it is tough like you know Lindsay and i talked about it at the beginning of the the 
breakdown podcast about like, you got to let the emotions kind of process. And for everybody that's going to be different with all this stuff. And for some folks, it's going to take longer than others to sort of get over the the shock and, and everything and the fear and, and all of it's understandable, like from an emotional response standpoint, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm one of those people that like my refractory period for that is about 14 seconds. So it's like, I was in shock and I thought it was awful. And then I went, all right, well, it's time to get to fucking work. You know, like that's just my, that's how, that's how my emotions work because if I don't have them, you know, then <laughs> they can't get in the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, here, here's some silver lining news is, you know, this show uh, we're seeing crazy jumps, right? We're, we're looking at our internal numbers. And again, this week, uh, top 30 on the Apple chart for the government world uh, peaked at nice. 27. It looked like uh, is what I saw. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, folks who are sharing it and, rating it and all that stuff it's it's helping it's getting out there we're seeing more and more new listeners it's a big deal it's it's really cool. who are thing. these other 27 jokers right <laughs> <laughs> well uh, those crooked media fellas they've got the number one uh oh with their goodness. strict scrutiny uh podcast so you know i guess Nerd we'll alert. see we'll see if we can take on the crooked media guys. <laughs> and the crooked media folks pod saves came through town last yeah, they were week in st louis. louis so Maybe we can. Um, maybe there'll be a time in the future where Pod Saves will be like, "We got to get those Heartland Pod kids, yeah, <laughs> up on stage with us to talk about Midwestern politics." That'd be kind of. Did they play like a, a theater, like the the Fox or something? Yeah, the they played this. Stephen Nichols, this, right? Uh, I think they were at the. What did you say? Stephen Nichols. Yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah. where they were. I can't. I still am not doing um theater things where I totally would have gone. It looks like it was a ton of fun. Corey Bush yeah. was there. Uh. Candor was there. Yeah, it Which, like it was a good time. Speaking of live podcasts and a good time and a ton of fun, <gasps> June eleventh. Yeah, it's June happening. 11th. We're uh, doing folks, it. we'll get the we'll get some digital invites out and look on the social medias. We'll have a link to sign up. Let us know that you're coming. It's going to be totally free. It's in Columbia, uh, Columbia, Missouri, and it's going to be at Stevens Lake Park. Uh, we're going to have fun and frivolity, and you know we're going to put the fun back in politics. I think. I think so. <laughs> we're gonna put the fun. We're gonna put the fun back in Midwestern politics. Yeah, like, I was trying to think of a way to fit that. Like, we're gonna put the X back in politics, but I, I don't know. Right. It's not. No. That doesn't work. I can't wait. Yeah, I was born in Columbia. I don't know if you guys knew that. No, I didn't know that. But yeah, my, I would. My mom. Or go ahead. No, go ahead. No, Up they'll both you. be listening. So I love that I get to say this. But my mom, for folks who know Columbia, there's a couple of institutions that I'm connected to. My mom was a server at Deja Vu in the oh, 80s yeah. uh, when I <laughs> was born. And uh, my dad was a, uh, I don't know what he would have been doing at the Columbia Missourian, but uh, I always hear stories of working in the basement with these like hulking computers uh, <laughs> and uh, it being freezing cold because you had to do that so hot then. right <laughs> but Deja yeah, and then went to mizzou too wow. so yeah i I, ex I exist because of columbia that's where my parents met nice nice way longer before sean's parents met of course but like still it's you know great, it's great they, town stevens lake park where is they great. hooked up yeah so Wonderful it's gonna place. i'm super excited i'm super Got excited i love that we're doing it midway between all the places yeah right in the awesome. heart of it all and yeah. there you go. Here's my Columbia connect other than school, obviously, but uh, got engaged in Stevens Lake Park. So there you go. Oh, There's lovely. A, everybody's got a life story connected. So, all right, well, let's jump into stuff that's not as lovely uh, with the uh, first segment here. True or 
Okay. For the true or false, the Dobbs leak will help Dems see the value of strategic thinking over reactionary thinking. This is something that I know we've talked about it. Uh, Rachel, I know it's one of the things that you and I talk about the most, probably when we're not even on the air. I'd argue um, it's the thing my friends are the most sick of hearing come out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, Rachel uh, Bittekoffer, we've decided that's how we're going to pronounce it until I actually talk with her and figure it out. Uh, she authored uh, the unprecedented 2016 presidential election. And she was basically arguing the election of Donald Trump had nothing to do with one or two causes, but that it was about a long process that began in the late 50s. She's not the first person to have said something along these lines. I've talked about this recently about um, Democracy in Chains, a book that I've recently picked up. And that's, you know, this is not a new theory, but basically she took it and completely rejected the idea of uh, swing voters, this idea of these people who you can pick off with an issue here and there. Did you, sorry, did you mention already that she's a political analyst? Yeah, she's yeah, like, she's a political okay. analyst yeah. and and um, and a professor of poli- of poli size yeah. somewhere. Yeah, um, and basically that uh, it's this negative partisanship uh, theory that was harder to say than I thought it was going to be. Negative partisanship uh, theory that your folks are essentially voting against the other team, the you know the tribalism kind of thing, uh, and that it's fairly simple to explain that way. Uh, no different than the way that, you know, we, we support the Cardinals in this house. We're Cardinals fans. We also support the Royals, but if the Royals and the Cardinals play together, I will be cheering for the Cardinals and against the Royals. Uh, and I don't care anything about the Royals in that zone. Right. So that's kind of how I see it is very similar to sports. Yeah. In that way. And it seems like kind of also trying to specifically dial in like that, those people, the ones who are voting out of negative partisanship and like the decision is either voting or not voting rather than who they're going to vote for. Right. That, that I guess provides the margin, like that's why, what causes the winner. Um, right. Is kind yeah, of what she, she was really she said. At. She said, it's not a matter of who shows up. It's when they show up. Right. Basically like if like that, there's this, it's not so much that there are these people that change their minds. Like you just said, it's that there's this group of people that sometimes just doesn't come. And then the other people come that time and it looks like swing voters is just a completely different an utterly different group of voters. Right. People are deciding to vote or not vote rather right. than yeah. Bingo, yeah. who to vote for. Yeah. Which is something that we've talked about. And I've, I've specifically thought in this line. And I, again, this is one of those times where like, I've thought something similar to this, but the articulation that she gives to it is so clear, right. About like the folks who voted in 2016 Right. We know that there are people who participated in the 2016 election who were not voters before 2016, um, and not because they became age eligible, but because they simply were not participating um, and chose to participate to vote against Hillary Clinton in that election. And that those people then stuck around in 2020, but that the group of folks who voted against Donald Trump became larger in 2020 than that other group. And so like that, that sort of the, the basic explanation yeah. there so well, sean, yeah, sean as, as our yeah the guy who works on campaigns regularly you and i have talked many times about the the flock analogy of voters right the way folks move like in iowa if you can move a certain type of voter you can move the whole state uh, right so right you kind of ex, you know extrapolate there yeah so like in terms of like her article and everything i wasn't like terribly impressed by it and it reminded me of why i like love campaigns and um skipped all my classes 
when I was in college. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. But he's a vociferous um, reader, just not for class. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there are, so the, the idea that the number of swing voters has been getting smaller and smaller and smaller is totally true. And so this kind of this claim that like they they're a myth and what's happening instead is like this other thing. Um, you know, I think she can talk with in her cohort of peers or whatever about how radical it is and how right or wrong she is. You know, what I think about is there's some flaws in it that I see. One is like, most people aren't really paying attention to politics day to day. And so the idea that all these people who might not vote or might be predisposed to not vote are also kind of like locked in to one party or the other, I think that's kind of required for what she's talking about. And like, um, I don't know how much sense that makes, but like for, um, you know, when I think of the, the, you know, this, this row decision, you know, the Democrats are wanting this to be the way that they're able to make the midterms a choice rather than a referendum on Joe Biden. And so like, you know, right. Biden's numbers aren't great. A referendum is therefore bad for the Democrats. What they'd rather have is a voters making a choice between basically a world where Autocracy abortion is democracy. a protected right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, we'll see how they, how they play it. And I guess we'll right. see like what someone like Trudy Bush Valentine, you know, it doesn't mean anything if it doesn't mean anything in red states. Right, um, right. You know, if New York passes a, you know, right guaranteeing abortion, um, you know, that's not really news. So, right. I, don't know. It, it, I, I guess the, is it possible, Sean? So to your point there, um, I'll push back here is, is it possible that folks are engaged more than they say that whatever information says that folks aren't engaged is wrong because for the same reason that, for example, if you ask somebody how much television they watch, they will absolutely undervalue their actual time spent watching television. And with politics, because of social media, while folks may not be, you know, folks who listen to this show obviously are paying pretty darn close attention. Um, but if, for example, maybe you don't watch cable news, maybe you say, well, I don't watch the news, so I, I don't follow politics. But if you spend a half an hour every day on Facebook, reading extremist message boards, you know, right. or in, you know, reading uh, just memes, even right, just scrolling through the latest memes or whatever TikTok videos or reels or whatever it is, you may yeah. not be quote unquote engaging in politics or following politics, but if you're getting propaganda, right, you're right. Like the quantity and the uh, intensity of some of this negative partisanship, like material. Um, right. That has been shoveled at a lot of people. I like the way Sean just, just you just totally folded in the term, though, that you don't necessarily agree with. Which like, that, is a, that is a political scientist right there. Like, you just took the term. <laughs> yeah. And just well, like, oh, well, let me. Well, like, yeah. Rachel, talk about the term, because it's something that I know you, you, you're all full blown, like, full sense. I mean, yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, do I agree with this? Because that's what I think. And she's kind of confirming, like, she's sort of like you know patting me on the head and this is my confirmation bias or right, there's nothing um, better than a smart person saying something that you thought and exactly like, oh, okay. yeah so so this is giving voice to something that i've kind of thought for a long time um the question the true false is like do i think this is going to make democratic activist stakeholders right. and kind of smart people thinky people sort of see the value and sort of a 10-year project or something um and how this, how these kind of two things relate to each other, you know, does sort of, does it really matter? In other words, like, does, does planning even really matter? 
Um, the one thing, so I'll say that it's true, but I'll put an asterisk next to it. The thing, and I, I can almost tell you, or I can almost, I can, I can almost tell you that you guys are going to guess what I'm about to say that I think is missing from this analysis that I always think is missing from every analysis about American politics is what key demographic factor, Adam Summer. What is the number one demographic factor that I think everybody should talk Age? more about? Old people. <laughs> the okay, so they get me. Um, so I think the thing that is never discussed in American politics enough is that the way that the, the dynamics of American politics looks and feels the way that it does right now is because in the places where there are the most heinous laws whether it's on abortion or whether it's on gay rights or whether it's on trans rights, whatever the stupid nonsense that we're dealing with in Missouri, it is because most people that live here are over 45. It's not even most people that vote. It's most people who exist right. are over 45. So I still want to see this analysis as it relates to age. I'm, I'm going to sort of almost be increasingly skeptical of all political analysis in the future, unless it takes age into That's account. That's great. More I frequently. love what you're talking about because it is a lot of this does kind of it's fancy footwork to try to find a way to not talk about age, and it's like that's probably one of the biggest predictors of whether someone's going to vote or not. It's like it's like if you were yeah. to if I were to walk into you guys still haven't ever seen how I'm built. Like I have, let's just say like one of those little like Romanian gypsy bodies where like <laughs> my arms are hella skinny. My hips are hella skinny, my legs are hella skinny, and everything between the armpits and the hips is not, including my midriff, right? Or not my midriff, my, my chest. So if I were to walk into a, a store and if a woman were like, what size top do you need? I'd be like, why are you even making me have this conversation? Like, come on, <laughs> shut up. It's so obvious what you need to say, right? Like, obviously. So I feel like it's as obvious as that. It's as obvious as that. And I, I still don't, when I look at things like, why did Hillary lose? What? Well, because people get cranky and they don't like things. And they <laughs> just want to. And, and they want yeah. And they right. want the two like, highest negative partisan candidates right. that have ever existed. Right. And so, but election. also like, I think people vote for somebody that they can identify with. And Donald yeah. Trump is a cranky old asshole, just like my the late grandfather was well so yeah. he's no, like no, everybody's no, cranky I'm, old old man that they know he's except everybody's in a tie yeah. in a suit that they think is fancy right like he's everybody's old racist mean uncle right. i like i like i don't why so that's always my caveat is like so my my true or false is more like are are we finally going to be an american body politic that is not ruled by old people, true or false. And I don't know. I still yeah. don't know. I still don't feel like anybody can know that or not. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe Sean Diller does. I, don't I think know. it's I think the answer to to what we have framed it as will dem shift. I think it's false just because I, you know, I, I've had the conversation with folks behind the scenes, and there's a few folks that I've that are seeing this. So I had I have some hope there, but I still think we're in that zone of, you know, I made the note here, the sound of one hand clapping. I think we're still in that zone where we've got a a group of folks behind the Republican Party with money and power and strategy who are pushing a long-term thing and they're willing to say, you know, it doesn't matter who the person is, if that person won't help push that forward, 
they they're gone, right? They get them out of the way, as opposed to the Democratic Party that continues to basically run from fire to fire to fire to fire and try to put out each fire instead of it's, finding out the source of the fire too, and starting there. Yeah. It's two different conversations too. Yeah. Like it's always it's always easier to look at people who have been conditioned to vote from a place of fear versus coalescing a group of people that are taught to vote from a place of like passion and advocacy. Right. Because fear is the easiest thing to sort of muster because you could just make shit up and it has it doesn't have well, to be Well, you don't true. have to be afraid of all the same stuff to be afraid enough to vote the same way. That's right. Whereas That's when it's right. a passion thing, if my yeah. passion and your passion doesn't That's right. align, That's then right. we feel like we have this disagreement That's, instead of That's right. instead of finding that root agreement, which is and that's where I think Sean, you were hitting at that about how do the Democrats frame 2022 and how can they find that root cause, that root analysis? You know, Biden's 2020 campaign was the soul of America, the soul of America. That was the that right. was the that's theory the, of the case, right? Right. That root cause, and can you can you do that going forward? So, but that's right. that. That uh, let's let's transition here to the yeah, no, because uh, Rachel sort of hit on the, you know, th that difference of the Trump factor, uh, and and so let's do that now. Yeah, no, yeah. So with the yeah, no, um, Doctor Oz. Got <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah, no. That's the whole done. thing. That's I was it. trying to hold it back. Sean couldn't even make it through the name. I love it. <laughs> he couldn't make it. it through the name. Uh, uh -huh. Doctor Oz gets booed. Uh, Doctor Oz went to a Trump rally. Uh, really, it was a no, Doctor Oz rally. It was a, it was a Doctor Oz rally right. where Donald Trump spoke yeah. and tried to introduce Doctor Oz, and people were like, "Boo!" Like the, the that picture, guy sucks. The like, picture on the Rolling Stone article <laughs> that I have pulled up right now is like the perfect illustration. Like Oz is trying to like talk to the crowd, and Trump is just looking at him like, "What are you doing, man?" Like Donald Trump's face to Doctor Oz in this picture is yeah. Priceless. I know reading the Trump books and how he sees all things the way you know a tv producer would I, right he's furious because oz looks terrible he's drenched right. his suit is hanging off him because he's standing in the rain in a wool suit it looks like right it looks like it's crazy yeah he looks like a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah yeah because that's probably not i love also that like so there's a great um rolling star article that i found because my husband told me about this last week because i've said from day one you guys can go back to every single podcast i've done since i joined the heartland pod family i was like nobody can do donald trump but donald trump yeah i mean literally so nobody can do donald trump but donald trump and so uh, Elliot was like, oh, yeah, Dr. Oz got booed at his own rally. And I was like, well, of course he did, because he's an asshole and nobody likes him. Like, that's not a big shocker. And I love that Trump is trying to be like, hey, the ladies like Mehmet Oz. You know, like he's trying to say. Right, they're not going to like this. Yeah, yeah they're so, he's so ill-spoken. He's in their he bedrooms. Yeah, he's in their right. bedrooms. Getting everything what he's, what he's trying to say. And is kind of is is rooted in some like sort of campaign logic which is like no like he's kind of got a point like dr oz is a daytime television star and you know women that vote for conservative issues or a lot of women a lot of people i should say um i shouldn't pick on women alone um but like you know they vote with their eyes they're just like oh i know him he's familiar to me he used to be on oprah he's a he used to be a, on staff at columbia like he's got to be smart Therefore, so he was trying, he couldn't even make that point well. So Donald right. Trump couldn't even big his boy up enough 
to make that point succinctly without getting people booing over him, which was like, I don't know if it's the yeah, Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, so... Why did they boo again? I don't remember what exactly what he could. Was. <laughs> he was like somebody with my good friend Doctor on boo. boo. Yeah, <laughs> so he couldn't even and, get the guy's name out. And it it's definitely crazy. matters because, like, we just we talked about this uh, uh, last week, right? Uh, we had these early May primaries. The one in Ohio was a big one. JD Vance won that primary. Almost all of the the people that Donald Trump endorsed won the race that they were in last week. That happened in this first week of May, and so it sure looks like it still matters for this cycle. And Oz has the endorsement, the, this uh, uh, McCormick, the the opponent, David McCormick doesn't, but it's an interesting thing. Cause like where JD Vance, who was a never Trumper, who was able to turn the Trump endorsement into his favor. But the difference is, and I was listening to speaking, of, we talked about the crooked media guys. I was listening to pod save this past week. Um, I dip in there from time to time. And they were talking about that and talking about JD Vance and like the ability to say like, Yes, J.D. Vance is in this camp, but remember, he's actually a pretty savvy, you know, operator. Well, and I he's think not right, Dr. Yeah. Oz. I also I'm, I wonder think... if he was a huge pro-lifer at Yale when he was so smart. Right. Um, I think like, J.D. Vance like... is much more of a Holly type, whereas Dr. Oz is trying to be Trump. You know, like Holly can and he can harness some Trump, but he's not. Holly is Holly, right? He's not trying to be Trump. Right. He's trying to be Josh Holly. And he's and he's dipping his toes in the Trump pool. And, and JD Vance also has Peter Thiel behind him. Right, and I think like right. we're Who talking truly about was the like, winner last week. Oh my God, with no question. So I think, like, so I what mean, does I, this abortion conversation look like in Ohio and Pennsylvania? Right in I think the general it looks election, very right. much the same as Missouri. I I still think like there's a lot more kind of dyed-in-the-wool Democratic voters in Pennsylvania than there are in Missouri, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have if you have kind of the success they've had with some statewide Democrats in Pennsylvania and Ohio, I mean, Missouri does not have Sherrod Brown in the Senate, and they don't have a lieutenant governor like Fetterman. So, like, I just think it's a completely different argument. Um, it's a Do so, you think it's, Tim Ryan is going to be going all over Ohio, which voted for Trump by, like, eight points, saying, like, the right to I an abortion yeah. is on the ballot? I, I mean, that's I, what, think, I don't know what to do. Like I'm working on these campaigns. I'm like, so yeah. do we hammer abortion constantly from now till November? I think it's deeper than that. Um, and, you know, Lindsay and I hit on it some. Um, I think it's more than that. I think it's human rights. I don't think it's just the right to. An I abortion. think you would be. I think if you're Tim Ryan, you would be an absolute idiot to not just lead with that everywhere that you go to be like, listen, abortion was just whether we like it or not abortion is the law of the land it's been accepted law you can talk you, i wouldn't get too technical about it we like i've listened to a couple of pretty i haven't listened to our own podcast yet with adam and Lindsay, but i have listened to several podcasts this week to talk about like the 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 leak and what it means and you know um i won't it, that can get very wonky very quickly don't talk about that because people will just tune you out right. but i think if you're tim ryan you're just like i'm with senator warren I think we need to introduce, like, we just need to codify Roe into law. It's something we should have done a long time ago. Um, you know, we, you know, the Democrat, the Democratic Party has never been more united than it is now. Yeah. Um, if you send me to the Senate, I will finally be a deciding swing vote that's going to get you all the things that that uh, President Joe Biden wants to do. Um, and so I think, like, if you do that b boldly, and if you, 
I mean, it's got to be uh, a solid ground game in Pennsylvania yeah. and Ohio, which I think is an advantage in Pennsylvania because it's a hell of a lot smaller than Ohio. Ohio is huge. Ohio is massive. Like, so he's going to have to like yeah. just raise well, a ton now, of money and get well, a lot of like there. The reason to send these folks to the Senate that I'm reading is kind of becoming the the line in Ohio and Pennsylvania is first abolish the filibuster. You know, right. new pressure on you know, people to abolish the filibuster. And then we know Senator Murkowski and Senator Collins, both Republicans, do support the idea that women in this country have the right to get right. an abortion. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. There is an actual live question of like, would, should we, could we possibly end the filibuster and pass a federal law guaranteeing this right? And I think that's what, you know, I really want to see what Kuntz and Valentine, you know, do on this because crickets so crickets yeah. so far yeah Absolute, i didn't know Kuntz put out a, you know he put out a thing about supporting abolishing the filibuster but that's not new from him um valentine put right. out that uh, yet another hostage video um and it's just <laughs> where i sound where my impersonation last week is even more it's even now. more precious even yeah. more precious yeah. right right on point but it you know i do think that it can be taken further it can be you know if i'm if i'm writing a speech for one of these folks that's going to be my end, right? Or, or maybe it's the middle whip up spot or it's the end whip up of, you know, we're going to codify Roe, we're going to codify same-sex marriage, we're going to codify interracial marriage, we're going to codify, you know, and you just rattle off all of these things that are based on that 14th Amendment liberty interest because we can, you know, it takes 20 minutes to talk about, you know, integration of rights to the state from the 14th Amendment and, you know, how, how all that plays out. And I'm out. already bored and I feel exactly. dumb and you can't make, you can't make people feel dumb right. during a, but you, like can you just say, can't make them feel dumb. We're not, we, you know, we can't send this country back in time. We've already fought this fight. We don't need to fight this fight again. It's time to, it's time to move forward by making this the law. It's already, you know, you know, we don't want to make your marriage illegal. Basically, like, I, I mean, that's what I, we're talking about here. And I will say, I think like at this point, this is t and speaking of Ohio, like it's totally Tim Ryan's to lose in a sense, like J.D. Vance, I, you know, there's only so many people that can be political outsiders. The person yeah. who could win or lose that race for J.D. Vance, though, is Peter Thiel and Peter Thiel above all tech billionaires. Right. First of all is a true tech billionaire. We, right. we talk about Elon Musk, like he's a tech billionaire like and he kind of is. Bill and he also kind of isn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny it's true um and uh and teal is and is from all accounts that i've heard uh i've never read a book about him or anything like he's really incredibly smart and actually like genuinely successful at business he's not somebody who like accidentally oops a daisy into like uh an ipo once like he's turned he's he's made multi-billion a precious metal mine that allowed him to springboard into a I don't, yeah, I don't know what his childhood was like, but I'll tell you that like he is the reason that Facebook is worth billions of dollars. Right, like right. it's him. It's all him. It's all him. it's all him whispering. He's the Mark. He's he's the Zuckerberg whisperer. Right. So if he can make Mark Zuckerberg, who's about as interesting as a deflated tire, <laughs> one of the world's most recognizable faces in business, and um, make Facebook one of the, the the most preeminent platform, despite it not being as functional or as like fun as Twitter. Then, like, can he turn J.D. Vance into, like, a genuine, like, political operator? And, like, my fear is yes. So, like, my advice to anybody right now is, like, man, your ground game better be solid. Oh, yeah. wow. So you think one... J.D. Vance 
could win in Ohio. Oh, I, I love I, that I word. Oh my God! Well, yes. Let's do a prediction. Let's pivot. Let's pivot to buy or sell. Okay, we'll, sorry. We'll pick it up. <laughs> no we'll way in hell. There guy because sucks. this buy or sell actually. Is, yeah. I think it's Tim Ryan's to lose. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you did say that. All right. All right, the reason for the pivot, because the buy or sell is, do you buy or sell anti-abortion extremism will fire up the base on the left and lead to down ticket wins in state legislatures in red states? Um, and that can include, you know, the Senate races and all that stuff. So cool. okay. um, well, let, me, let me frame it really quick, because we had this past week uh, on Wednesday, I was driving by our local uh, courthouse. We have we have a place where the, where court actually happens, and we have an old historic courthouse that houses some offices. And they had put out American flags because of VE days coming up and uh, Truman's birthday. So they had some American flags lining the sidewalk, and there was one woman, this young woman, sitting alone with a sign that said "Abortion is healthcare." And I went up, introduced myself, explained what the podcast is, and everything. Told her some people that I knew that I thought would probably be interested in in a picture of her and. You know, she said, yes, great. Uh, you know, no name. Obviously, I'm, I said, I'm not put your name on it. Just, you know, I don't want anybody to come and attack you or anything. So she let me take the picture. Uh, we put it out there. It went bananas nuts. Um, Jessica Piper uh, TikToked it, right? So it went bananas nuts her. And uh, it's just, you know, went everywhere. Two days later on Friday, over 100 people showed up uh, to the same spot. In with, Warrensburg. In Warrensburg, Missouri. In a wow. extremely in the fourth district, which is one of the Vicky Hartzler districts. territory, yeah. right? The heart. That's of it, one right? of the. That is one of the most Bible belt and as Bible belty places like districts in America. I mean, like it, it's very give Republican or take and, or and, as. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Warrensburg is a university town, so it's got a little bit more mix than kind of the surrounding areas. But it it is a I would call it a Republican stronghold, especially as at least as a district as a congressional district. Um, over a hundred folks in this town showed up with signs um, and, and they were there for a couple of hours, right? This was not 15 kids who didn't have anything to do on a Friday afternoon. This was a lot of folks um, and they were not alone, right? They were not, it's not like they were the only rally. They, it was notable because of the location, but there was rallies all over the place. Folks are out, people are looking, okay, what do I do? You know, it seems like there's some activation there. So it's kind of, you know, as we're looking at this Ohio thing, do we think Tim Ryan can win it? Can J.D. Vance win it? You know, Sh Sean, pick pick that back up where you were. Uh, you know, do you yeah. think that this impacts that? Yeah, totally. So I'll go with true. I love the way you set up that question because, yeah, I'm glad so you're you buying it. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm buying it. I think that this will definitely fire up the Democratic base. And on the right, you know, someone might be making the argument that it'll I'll say feel there were good. two counter protesters. Okay, right. Yeah. And it's like, people. you can look at Ted Cruz and all the Republicans, what they were talking about, uh, as a signal of how, how good this issue they think is for them, they were all talking about the leak itself. They've been overturning, working on overruling Roe since it was decided almost 50 years ago, their whole movement, like there's a huge legal movement inside the conservative coalition right. that's been all about this, all these judges, all these state the reps. Federalist Society. I mean, that was like its whole right. thing. Yeah. And so like now that they've gotten this done, it's going to be almost impossible to keep that up. Like they're going to be. The dog caught the car, right? The right, dog caught exactly. the fucking car. Yeah. Like and there on the other it is. Side, like, yeah. Well, and yeah. And like that. Sorry, not. Uh, I'll be super quick. <laughs> but, um, no, 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 it's totally fine. Yeah, I, just, I'm, I am vociferously agreeing with you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, I mean, like, so Rachel, Rachel Bittacoffer, the, the poli sci uh, professor, you know, this idea that firing up the base is the way to win, like, that's not new either. I think a lot of people believe that. And I think it will fire up the Democratic base. And what what is really a question of each election, if you're running for office, or if you're running campaigns, or if you are trying to predict it, which is like a, you know, I think a way smaller group of people, um, you know, professional predictors, you know, uh, but anyway, the the uh, each election is going to have different people who are up for grabs based on the moment and based on who's running. So like, I was thinking about the Obama election, both in the primary and in the general election. And we probably don't think of this country as being, you know, people making political choices based on um, anti-war beliefs that hasn't really been part of the discussion recently. But in 2008, Barack Obama stood apart in among the Democratic nominees as someone who was against the Iraq war from the beginning and who had all these, you know, basically strong opinions about civil liberties and Hillary and all the other Democrats like didn't care about any of that stuff because they thought right. it was unpopular. And then in the general, of course, Barack Obama was fortunate and that he had John McCain to face in the general election and was able to fire up the anti-war base of the Democratic Party and the Democrats overall, the, yeah. they, the, the base was fired up and he did get a ton of independents and Republicans to vote for him. So, but anyway, yeah, I think Democrats, even in red states, have to go hard, 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 you know, that this is extremely important and all elected officials should be called to account. And, you know, we need a federal law, we need state laws, we need local laws, making sure that women like my daughters aren't forced to seek a back alley abortion. Right. Yeah. Let me, let me toss it over to Rachel with this. Um, and that's something, you know, the, the, the pod with Lindsay, I, I opened it up talking about Clara and the fact that there may come a day in her life where she requires, you know, institutional care or just, just care in general, where she doesn't have somebody there who's looking out for her as a family member or something like that. And we, you know, there's stories out there. It's not, this is not hypothetical. There are stories of, like a lot who, yeah who are in whether it's a hospital or setting or whatever yeah. long-term like care a lot of like a lot of are, stories it's yeah, horrifying they're yeah. raped and they become pregnant and and it's just it's it's in, incredibly bad um so today i just saw this on twitter uh michael burston who is a a, a pretty well-known democratic photographer um and a nice guy too um he posted uh, uh and has a good blog uh, show me progress folks should check check it out uh he posted a picture from kansas city uh, from noon today, so this was Sunday on Mother's Day at noon, four to 500 folks in attendance in Kansas City at a demonstration. Yeah, this is, um, so one of the adages I think that is true about just human beings in general, um, and, and you may ask anybody who is on the um, gun control side of the gun control argument, like the pro-gun control, uh, like we need you know sensible background checks and all kinds of stuff how difficult it is to take something away from somebody that that, that they already have it right it's right. why the healthcare repeat you it's very hard to say well we've had this in society for a long time you expect it as a right um and we're going to rob you of this right that you feel entitled to now and you know it didn't work with healthcare. um you and that was that's a much health the aca was much younger than our right to a legal safe abortion right much younger. Right. Um, even the, the, the notion of like, can you get, you know, medication through the mail? Are you going to be able to travel out of state? Like the idea that they're going to be able to successfully 
block human beings from traveling state to state is absurd, but it doesn't mean they're going to try. So that's my first thing is that like nothing fires people up more easily than there's this thing you have and they're going to take it away from you. They just, they just show up immediately. The other kind of truism that I think about political messaging, Sean and I have talked about this a lot and not so much on the podcast, but just kind of amongst ourselves is that you can't, it's a lot easier to be for something than it is to be against something. It's much easier to say, it's much more popular with people to say, I'm for that. I'm for these things. I'm for this. I'm for this. I'm for this. I'm for this. Because that's what voters want to understand. The problem with going back to kind of the topic that we kind of started the show up with a bit is the de- the real challenge for Democratic voters and movements since I was born has been the the Democratic Party, by and large, is very general, has been, what do you want to vote for these guys? That's right. kind of been sort of the thing until really, I would say, Barack Obama. He was kind of the first person in a really long time that was like, I'm going to be something completely different than anything anyone's ever done before. And I am right. for these things. And that is not how Bill Clinton ran his campaign. I mean, he kind of did Kerry little... in the contrast about the war and everything. Totally. Right. Absolutely. Right. Completely. Kerry was a perfect example of negative partisanship, right? I mean, that was his entire message. Yeah, just a thumb over there, like, what are you, right. crazy? Like, you did half the stuff he wa- that you wanted him to, bro. Like, I know I did, but you can't vote for him twice. Like, well, they did. They did vote for him twice, more decidedly than they did even the first time. So I think when you say two things, one, I am for the right of any individual American to get whatever procedure, whatever medical procedure they want. Keep it simple. Right. Oh, I am too. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I don't think anybody should tell right. you what you can do with your body. I don't care who you are. And then, by the way, they're going to take, I don't know what else they're going to take away. I have no idea. But right. do you really want to risk that um, there's an, because we also don't know what this decision is actually going to be because it's going to happen in June. Whatever yeah. it is, is going to happen in June. So we're still sort of talking about this hypothetical and we still don't right, really know i think i made my point i also wonder the impact of and i th- i'm seeing some framing like this and sean if you're seeing this too uh, some some democratic framing of this is a religious decision and they're they're using a particular religious uh, belief to you know to basically tell you how to live and that oh. there are there are even folks on the right who would disagree That's not a great with that. frame, I don't think. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> why, why not? Why don't it's a terrible you so? frame? It's a terrible. Yeah, well, yeah. Why not? Because I'm seeing that, and I'm just yeah, that's my that's my curiosity. Because I do think there's folks on the right who even are religious who would say, I don't think it's appropriate to legislate yeah. my religion on people. But why do you think it's a bad framing? Well, one thing, you know, this probably doesn't get said. I, I will tell you, I'm not convinced that it's that bad of a framing. But why, you know, yeah, explain. Yeah. Well, for thinking about like whether it's the base or swing voters that we're talking about, you know, the Democrats are perceived as being hostile to religion. <laughs> right. Um, I know a lot of them are because I talk to and that we're weak. Right. That we're that we're evil and weak, like that right. we're sinners and like yeah, right. overly. No, but I mean specifically weak. when it comes to like this case, this argument, like you're just making, you just think the law should be this because of your religion. It's like, well. If you're a Democrat, you're coming in, making that argument with the baggage that people already see you as hostile to religion. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, 
I, it's all, it's probably about as good as the conservative right that the right to privacy is not even real. I'd like to shit all over that whole argument. It's like, right. <laughs> um, of course, the founders would have wanted us to be able to like have control over our own bodies, dummy. Um, Amy Klobuchar <laughs> yeah, said, uh, said it really well. She said, who do you think should be able to decide? Ted Cruz or the woman actually living with the decision i just think um, i'll just say this too as, as, as ted cruz shouldn't woman. be deciding anything <laughs> yeah, he should really not be deciding anything um amen to that um as the woman on the podcast which i yeah. very fucking rarely say by the way <laughs> yeah, Rachel, there's also would... a woman's perspective on this yeah so yeah <laughs> so what i we i don't know when we were talking about this but i made some analogy about like punching the bear in the nose like you got to just stun yeah. the bear like just yeah. stun the bear and we, the Democrats have done such a terrible job of talking about abortion in the past. The whole like right to choose thing is a dumb way to say it anyway. Like, let's just like, I, if you want to still talk about a woman's right to choose, you may be, feel free, I guess. I think you should just say like, look, this is a medical, this is just a medical procedure. And it's been politicized for a very long time because politicizing a, me a medical procedure was a way for uh, a, a certain type of Republican in the 1970s and 1980s to gin up the post Jim Crow South. That's it. That's all it is. So we're going to take the argument back from them because they never deserve to have any moral decision over anybody. And in, in terms of like what they decided to do, this is a medical procedure. The idea that any medical procedure is controversial is stupid and dumb and anti everything that we stand for as a country that is one of the leaders of like technological development and medical advancements right. so stop don't even talk about religion don't talk about choice go door to door and be like do you really want somebody to tell you what kind of procedures they can from get? the government right from so the government you, doctor and ted cruz it, it is interesting because it takes this this <laughs> yeah. whole debate about vaccines right and it's like the, the especially on the right they've spent two years talking bemoaning, about choice yeah, yeah bemoaning the idea of the government forcing you to do anything about yourself or your body medically and then the second that they can get it their way they're ready to throw a freaking ticker tape parade to celebrate you know right. uh, right. you know that that fact and so i i do think that's and i think democrats it's definitely some democrats have to get their heads around is look yes the vaccine is different from abortion i think we can agree that they are different things but Democrats have got to make peace with the fact that they have to be looked at the same way when you're selling the issue to folks. See, I think you just stop talking about, I think you just take the whole thing away. You just take the uh, that's football what I'm saying. away. Like that's take it all away. You, gotta yeah. put them, you can't, you can't differentiate between the two and no. say one and of I, them is I a think, public health issue. And one of them, yeah. is a, no, they're not. Right. They're both absolutely personal right. health issues, period. You're right. Stop and differentiating think, between them. And I, and I think like, I, I want to hear what Sean has to say too on that. But like one of the things that I've been kind of thinking about, especially during this kind of just ridiculously bizarro, strange land that we are now living in called post COVID, not really America and post Trump, not really America. And we're living in the consequences of all of our worst fears realized when he became the president of the United States. Here we are. This is, there was a crisis that he wasn't capable of handling and he made it worse and he helped Mitch McConnell complete Mitch McConnell's lifelong decision. He put three of, Supreme Court right. cases yes. on the yes. that, that was the two, the the two issues, right? Was that he wasn't right. going to be able to do the job. He wasn't going to be able That's to right. administer the office of the president. Check, check, yeah. Got correct. It. And number yeah. two, that they were going to be able to stack, not pack, but stack, the Supreme Check. Court for a Done. generation or more. Check. And that's that's that was Did what it. the 2016 election yeah. 
should yeah, have been about, it. and instead they made it about something else. I mean, it's, uh, nothing. They made it about like, isn't he gross? Like, I right. don't like that guy. Um, so one of the things that I think we have to start doing as a as a movement, um, and I'm specifically talking to my um fellow white educated women's peoples, yeah, and men too, but like middle, but really, ma- I'm gonna I, I'm gonna call out my own. Um, do not use this as an opportunity to point out the vast amount of hypocrisy on the right. right. Stop. Stop. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work either. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't work. So stop being like, oh, so they're going to say over here that this is this, but over here, they're not going to let, just stop. Just stop it. Just don't do it. It doesn't matter. It's never worked. Moments they like have this no is why shame. we should use video on this show. One day we will. <laughs> I wish you guys because I got my hands going because I got my hands going. That was hilarious. Um, (laughs) Thousand points of light of like I've got the Dana Carvey thing going. I should get my I should get what I should really do right now is I should get my burning fingers. I should get them going with the fingers like this. Church lady plus HW. It was the perfect Dana Carvey ninety conservative. It was. It was all those things. But like, just it doesn't. When you are talking about a group of people, you're talking about people like Ted Cruz and um. Uh, oh God, I almost forgot his name. Damn it, and I remembered it. Rand Paul. I will. I I will relish the day when I forget his actual name. By the way, um, these people have no actual shame. You get that, right? right. And Wagner doesn't have right. any Rand shame. Rand Paul got beat up by his neighbor and then went and told everybody that he got beat up. Yeah, they don't <laughs> have any. It's they have maybe, maybe they have morals. I don't I don't know them, but they definitely don't have any shame. No, that's the when, that's what they think is so cool about their philosophy is that it's right. Totally it's, utterly cynical it's utterly it's you're talking about like people who have been schooled by someone like peter teal the republican party is not really trump's anymore it's kind of teal's party teal sort of helped enable trump initially he gave him a lot of money um so somebody like teal is going to just keep turning people just say whatever you want so whatever they don't care so whatever you want so stop wasting your time your energy and your sort of the i know it's tempting to try and treat things with like logic and stuff like right. i get it like you should be able to do that but it doesn't matter anymore right. it doesn't matter is anymore it's a waste of time it's i mean i don't even want to say like the, like i'm talking about like the more like the semantic stuff like right. oh so you think that you're going to do this but then on my side of the thing i can't go just get a thing from a thing like just, again like it doesn't matter they're right. never like Lindsey Graham's not listening to you exactly like and yeah. and like oh by the way like yes of course they've paid for abortions for their nieces and daughters of course they have they don't care right. this is there this is gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna let go because this is gonna fan very nicely i think into our final topic yeah um it does which is like it is just a way to manipulate people abortion has always been a way to manipulate both sides of the aisle and we are com- we are in the end game i think right now is where we are i think we finally kind of hit the end game of it i think so yeah let's let's go to the big one because i think you're right and now the big one all right the big one uh how will republicans replace the golden goose wedge issue of abortion i think rachel hits it on the head uh they have been banging this drum um like crazy it's like the the big drum from the mizzou games right it's the big mo um, right but eventually they had to replace it because it got too old and they had to they had to get a new drum uh so it's not the same it's just not the same drum anymore um so what what do you do when you're you're pretty pretty pet uh, has been destroyed and you can't do anything with it anymore um and and the end goal, right? And that's what folks have to keep sight of here is it's not that their goal was 
abortion is that their goal was power. And abortion was the biggest step, right? If you're looking for ways to get from point A to point B, and how do you get there in the straightest line and the fastest way possible? Right. The abortion issue was turbo power to yeah. get from A to B. I mentioned Lindsey Graham. Yeah. He did not lose one second of sleep in his hundred year career about the babies. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, You're right. Ever. Yeah. Um, and like, no, let's, yeah, like if we go back, <laughs> if we go back to like who these people are, so I'm sure there were plenty of rooms with like Goldwater in them, right? And Goldwater right. was a fairly religious guy. Um, Ronald Reagan wasn't for the love of God. Like, no, come on. They the had actor? an astrologer. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> the actor. Thank Every you. Time we have to. Thank you. Thank you. Um, was the bold shade wide? Was the first light? it runs so, on steve <laughs> so uh so they did not care about unborn children period right they cared about uh tickling the fancies of deeply racist deeply homophobic deeply misogynistic white women yeah i said misogynistic white women from the south who um who were great at organizing by way of their their churches they just yeah. they had really powerful uh they had powerful mailing lists that's right and so they were just like well what can we give them what are we gonna do let's do this one because it just got legal it got legal in 1973 how do we link our politics to their weekly churches how because do we we've already that? because that we can't because right now the country's been desegregated they're really mad about racism we can't dog whistle that anymore we kind of beat that dead horse i know this one um, and mm -hmm. it's been working ever since. And so, you know, I am dying to hear what Sean thinks about like, do, like guns. Why or don't guns. I mean? Yeah, it's not the same though. I don't think it's as powerful. And I like, I think like there you'll never see them declare victory. They should. I would. I'd be like, oh my god, we did it. We're awesome. Let's do it again. Let's do more. Let's like destroy everybody. Well, Let's like take the whole thing down. Have. Like if, a if little you, bit. If you look at, I, I try to follow some of the extreme right stuff um, to keep my finger on the pulse. And as even though, I mean, you know, you got to put gloves on to check that pulse, but like the <laughs> like Shapiro already, right? This week, he has already pivoted to gay marriage and interracial marriage and all of that shit, right? Are you serious? Yeah. As like things yeah. that should yeah. be yeah. taken on next? Let's yeah. go there next. Let's, that's the, well, that's and, the next and it's, This and court it's, is the one who tried to put that all to bed, this Supreme Court, basically, yeah. except yeah. for the newest justice, Justice yeah. Jackson. And the leak but, really does say, like, we don't know. Like, there's a, there's a completely rational argument that says, according to the Sway podcast that I just listened to this afternoon um, with a bunch of lawyers talking about, like, should you be paranoid about those things? And of course, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If this is the decision, if this is really the consensus decision, if this is what it looks like, everybody absolutely should be worried about yeah. all the things. Well, if I'm a Republican really... operative, right, if I'm looking at it from that side of it, I, I always try to, that's my big thing, right? I try to see every angle on, a, on, a, on an issue or on a project. And because the best way to win a trial is to prepare your opponent's case, right? So if I'm advising a Republican, one of the things I'm worried about right now are the, the men, especially the men who use the phrase, I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative. 
because they also like to bandy about the word libertarian, even though they're not really libertarians. Right. Um, but isn't this, this decision does, isn't it totally anathema, like completely just like against that type of ideology? Absolutely. Especially if you're fiscally conservative because of all of the children who can't be cared for. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it is going to have a huge impact. Right. Just on in Missouri, we have thousands and thousands of kids in foster care right now. Like that, that, that phrase out of the opinion, the domestic supply of infants it's replete. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, that's that was a, like it's an offensive I, phrase, but B, yeah, it's I, replete. We have them. Right. I um and it doesn't I don't know exactly what she thinks that it was Amy County Barrett who said that, right? Yeah. I when I read that, that was the moment where I was like, walk away from all of your electronic devices, shut it all down, right, just right. go outside, <laughs> fill your lungs with air, go talk to your husband, go make some food cuz I was so like what? Yeah. The f- like yeah. I, I didn't, I like seeing those words put together. Um, I understand that Christians are like a little bit worried about low birth birth rates because they're so obsessed with like this idea of a nuclear family, and they've right. been well, yeah. so good about preventing gay people from adopting yeah. children. Like, it's also really hard to proselytize your like, message if you don't have an army of soldiers to proselytize your message. And yeah. I can tell you, True. one of the first songs I learned as a kid True. was "Onward, Christian Soldiers." It's one of the first songs I ever sure, learned. Sure, sure. I mean, that's a real thing. It's a very real thing. Did you know that that's the song that the Winston Churchill's band played? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> on the on this huge battle carrier when Roosevelt was there, when he was wanting to get the United States support in this war. Yeah. Against the Nazis. Onward, Christian soldiers. And if you don't um, know the song, look it up because it'll make you go, "What?" Because I learned that <laughs> when I was young, like real young. Yeah, I, d- well, I just yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Sean. No, go ahead. It's just so no. much to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Go well, in. one track I was going to go down was I'm always surprised when high-ranking people in the Republican Party and in the conservative movement continue to exclude large groups of people from their movement, right? And you know, and and think that it's going to work. And like you know, the recent trend has been that I feel like I've seen more and more Republicans and especially younger Republicans and women who are Republicans and Republican voters more so than politicians embracing the idea that gender and sexual orientation and identity should not have any impact on how safe you are or the rights you have in this country. And so, you know, I don't know if they'll make that a big, huge issue. That would be, you know, just, it all makes me sick. Uh, But I was, I was also going to talk about um, in these truths, the, the book we've cited a bunch um, by Jill Lepore, really great history book. She talks about the courts, you know, over decades and decades, their propensity to kind of replace what we should think of as really obvious rights, like the right to just have a conversation and a, a procedure with your doctor right. and personal rights and the idea that you would have a right to, you know, some sort of safety or economic stability or, you know, to... Um, access the, the benefits of of this country and of, of life. Um, they've replaced those concepts with this idea that there's these other bizarre interests, like this this free trade interest. Like companies really need the freedom to contract with sweatshops. You know, this is about freedom. Right. And but you shouldn't. You don't have a fundamental right to vote. You don't have a, 
a right to get an abortion. And the, admit, I think Romney, that's what this domestic supply admit, of infants thing is too. It's like these bizarre interests are getting. Did Mitt Romney just front. text you and say, bro, stop talking about me. I'm right here. <laughs> <to> me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's everything he stands for, right? He stands for this whole idea of like, well, I like the global supply of trade when it interests mostly a very small concentrated group of already wealthy people who get to just sort of decide how all this stuff is going to work. And we think that regular people are too uneducated and too ill-informed to be able to make these fancy pants decisions. And therefore, democracy is a terrible idea. It's all a bad idea. Even um, Rob Portman, yeah, like he, he's, he's supposed to be a moderate senator and he's leaving office. He had a statement that said, you know, uh, the leak's terrible. And I've always said that Roche was decided wrongly and it should be left to the people's the elected state representatives, whether they get an abortion, <laughs> not even yeah. the person. Like, I think that, yeah. like, you know, that's what really draws it into focus. For I me. Think like, that brings it back to that idea of it's not about local control. It's not about personal freedom. It's not about autonomy. It's not about personal rights or anything it's like not that. Real. It's about states rights right. were having the yeah. same discussion they were yeah. having in 1856 correct when the correct. republican party came correct. into existence yeah. it's the same yeah. damn conversation totally and it's just shifted like what is what is it about it was about slavery it was about uh, racial equality it was about integration it was about you know women's voting rights it was about all of those issues and this is almost the final frontier of states rights is personal autonomy, personal freedom, personal privacy is kind of what's left on the table for states rights and the ability I, for Tennessee to disagree with New York for reasons that are baffling because you can get on a plane in Tennessee and be in New York faster than you can listen to this podcast. And the idea that like everybody who travels is going to be prosecuted and like all these doctors are going to have warrants out for their arrest in Missouri because they perform abortions in California. All, all that's going to get so convoluted. Yeah. And I think like, so we're, we're, we're really talking about is like, if this happens one way or the other, abortion rights are going to become more restrictive and it's going to probably, you know, there's again, like all of it is still very much a big if. And that's I should I, I feel like I need to keep pointing this out that we don't really know what's going to happen. We have seen a leak of a um, sorry, the screen went black and I was like, oh, no, my battery's dead. Finally. Um, anyway, uh, so we know that there is a draft opinion by one of the most batshit crazy conservative justices on the court. Right. Alito. Right. And he sounds like a lunatic because he does have this incredibly weird uh antiquated um imperial like truly imperial. imperialistic yeah, that's a good word. view of how people should people's how, what people's rights should actually be and then that individual rights um don't really exist basically like individual rights are a terrible idea and we should eliminate them and that's basically what the opinion says is basically like what he wrote um and the movements that he's calling out uh and making reference to i don't i'm not a historian and i haven't read the full leak but when i i certainly read enough about it to be like that's absolutely completely antithetical to how most young people think, right? Yeah. Most young people. So I don't, you know, even if there are young people, um, there there are millennials who are very much pro-life, but they are pro-life and they want universal pre-K, they want health care, they want a like a like a twenty, twenty-five dollar hour minimum wage. So when you talk to a young millennial who's pro-life, you better be ready to hear the rest of her conversation that she's going to have with you because she has a whole bunch of other ideas. So I think that they'll never declare victory over this issue because it's too precious to them. 
But I think what might start happening is there might be some people that kind of lean into, um, I hope that there are young voter, like young people that run for office and say like, this is like our grandpa's issue and we don't care anymore. Right. So we're going to talk about like, I don't want to pay a high taxes, but I do think we should get this. So we're just going to start building these, like, which is kind of more like how the sort of the 19, the Congress of like the 1940s and 1950s operated, except for the part where everything was super racist. Um, I think that could happen, but I do think that they are fucking themselves. I think they are doing, I think they are doing themselves a severe harm. I don't think they realize it yet. Now I'll maintain this because I've said this before and I, I kind of want to hear what Sean has to say that if we can actually hold on to our right to vote, if we can actually hold on to like one person, one vote, if we can hang on to that for dear life, this country is about to go through, it might take 10 years, but it's about to go through some pretty serious um, demographic changes. Yeah. It does. It sort of shifts it back to that first topic, right? About the, the, the large groups and who turns out and who doesn't turn out. And it's something that I just interviewed on Friday. I did a slate of interviews and one of the folks I interviewed was a 26 year old mother who's running for state house. And we've got, you know, Ray Reed's running in a second and they're not alone, right? There are people under 30 running for office. There are well, people under 40 it's running for office. It's a valid movement, yeah. It, and it's a big deal because if, you know, this 26-year-old woman in Battlefield, Missouri, she runs for office, right? Her friends are going to know that. The folks around there are going to know that. The folks her age are going to know that. And they're going to come out to vote for her. And those might be the kind of folks who may have sat it out. They may not have voted. Uh, be, I mean, we know what the numbers are, right? The under 30 demographic, we know that they don't vote in the same numbers as the over 60 folks do, right? We just know that. And if that group ticks up even a couple of percentage points, you're talking about vast differences. Sean, take us home on that and we'll we'll, we'll close it out there. Sure. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. Especially in these state legislative seats, a few hundred votes could be eight percentage points. Right. And I think that it's on the Democratic side and the Republican side. A lot of young candidates are going to be talking about this issue. And I'm really interested to see what the 26-year-old and 28-year-old Republicans running for state house all around this country are going to be saying about the need to pass state think, abortion bans and things like that. Yeah, so, I think yeah. like we're going to have another cycle where the young Republicans sound absolutely nuts because they're allowed to still. It's still like on the table. But I do wonder, like, we'll have to follow it, but I do think that there's a possibility that there will be some other people that are like, I don't, I mean, I'm conservative, but I'm not insane. I don't, I don't. And like, that's what we really need, right? Like, I'm that's gonna, what has to yeah. happen. I'm going to go for a big prediction just because okay. it's in my gut, but I'll stick by it. Right, till go ahead. Sean, Sean never Sean makes, Sean never makes predictions. Out. I love Democrats, it. Democrats are going to sweep their available Senate races on this issue arizona georgia nevada um pennsylvania pennsylvania i think ohio ron johnson will be safe but i'd love to see jd vance go down in flames and i'm gonna go ahead and predict it wow arizona georgia ohio pennsylvania nevada all democratic you heard it here maybe not first but you heard it here right here on the heartland <laughs> pod thank you guys I got nothing. <laughs> thanks thank Sean. You. thanks rachel thanks for hanging Sean. Out this week. thanks yeah. bye